Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning into Sub Media Reviews. I'm Kiara, and I'm the only person who associates Harry Potter with Christmas. It's the holiday season, so we're staying on theme and reviewing the 2001 movie that took a hit book series to the big screen, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, aka the Philosopher's Stone. The movie, quite obviously, is based on J.K. Rowling's first book of the Harry Potter series, which was published in 1997. It features Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter, Rupert Grant as Ron Weasley, and Emma Watson as Hermione Granger. As far as the adult actors go, Richard Harris plays Dumbledore, Dame Maggie Smith plays Professor McGonagall, and Robbie Coltrane plays Hagrid. We also have Alan Rickman who plays Professor Snape. Now I'm a big fan of Harry Potter, but not as big a fan as my sister and returning guest Arabia. Say hi, Arabia. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Well, Arabia has been a guest on Slept Media Reviews four times before, so you may recall hearing her voice. I'm happy to have her here with us today, as she's one of the most knowledgeable people about this franchise and is more than happy to share her insights. But before we get into the fun facts, I want to acknowledge that I firmly stand against the transphobic comments made by J.K. Rowling and think it's really shameful that she would mar her legacy with such hate. As we dive into the review, we'll be focusing on the series we grew up loving and not the person who created it. As always, here are some fun facts about the movie. Alan Rickman, who has since passed away, was handpicked to play Snape by J.K. Rowling and received special instructions from her about the character. Rowling even provided him with vital details of Snape's backstory not revealed until the final novel. For reference, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone movie was released in 2001, and by that time, only the first four books had been released. So Alan Rickman was able to learn details that nobody knew because the other books hadn't been published yet. Wow, that's pretty good. I think that makes sense for him to know that so he can like fully embody the character because when she figure out actually who Snape is and like what kind of person he is, because it's, it's, it's shocking. I wasn't expecting it. So I think it was good for her to let her know that so he can play to that. Right. Effect. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The second fun fact is that Rosie O'Donnell and Robin Williams were two of the celebrities who had asked for a role in the movie without pay. They wanted to be in the movie so bad that they wouldn't like they would do it for free wow too bad they weren't british <laughs> right right in yeah. their cases they wanted to play molly weasley and rubius hagrid respectively can you oh. imagine robin williams as hagrid i don't know it sounds weird to me <laughs> i love robin williams but i'm trying to imagine i think you have a different like take on it 
I then, totally agree. Yeah, it would be more like whimsical. Genie. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. So to me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But especially Robin Williams actively campaigned for the part of Hagrid to director Chris Columbus, with whom he had made Mrs. Doubtfire, Nine Months, mm. and Bicentennial Man. But he had to disappoint them both because they are American and Arthur J.K. Rowling wanted a cast strictly from the British Isles. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell as Mrs. Weasley. I mean, that I think accent. they could have worked. She would have to do something <laughs> about that. But I think she could have been okay. Yeah, that I think Rosie O'Donnell's from New Jersey. That New Jersey accent. That would be she- hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so funny. Rosie O'Donnell's best voiceover work, in my opinion, is Tarzan. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, she played Turk. <laughs> that, and just hearing her voice as Molly Weasley is just really funny to me. But yeah. <laughs> The third fun fact is that Warner Brothers originally considered making the entire Harry Potter film franchise as a set of computer animated movies or attempting to combine several of the novels into a single movie. The studio's reasoning mainly had to do with the concern over rapidly aging child actors and actresses if the production ran too long on any of the movies or if the production was delayed between sequels. The leading actors and actresses might have to be recast in that case. Author J.K. Rowling vetoed both of the ideas of combining books and an animated movie, so the studio decided instead to produce all eight movies back-to-back so the same actors and actresses could play their roles in every movie. Combining movies would have been terrible. The books, they're already (laughs) shortened enough because the books have so Mm -hmm. much more detail, and to merge books together, that would have been awful. That would have been a terrible mistake. It would have not done well, in my opinion, if they did that. Like, it would have made it so much less i think people have been very disappointed if they try to do that because when they do that with other stuff they like come like trying to make it shorter that's when it doesn't do well to me but the animated series right that would have been cool i'm not that would have been pretty cool yeah i think so too recently there was a fake harry potter cartoon looking movie that was circulating tiktok like some animator used ai to create a fake like login to netflix where when he logged into netflix there was like a pixar version of harry potter it looked very good like it was almost real because the person who was on netflix was like in france or something so it was like is there a different like an animated harry potter story in france but he later came out saying that he like faked everything with technology it was actually quite impressive. <laughs> I didn't see that. I saw the pictures of like, what if Pixar made it based off AI generated and it looked really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find it and send it to you. It was very convincing. They are, you know, making it into a series. That's their plan to make it into a series on HBO Max, which is way too soon. But I feel like a series can get all the book information like each season. But I don't want it. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to say I'm low key over it. I feel like there are some things that just wrap up so nicely Mm -hmm. that you don't have to continue them on in a new form. No, especially this soon. It's such a treasured movie and book and it's still really current. There's still all kinds of stuff that gets made for it and people are still very involved with it, even though it's not coming on anymore. It's just way too soon to make a whole new thing. Maybe like decades later, (laughs) maybe you could try to redo it, but it's just, it's still fresh. The actors, I mean, they're older, but they could still play like older versions of themselves. Like it's just, it's just not needed. Not now. I don't know why. 
than doing that. I agree. It's absolutely not necessary. But in the final fun fact, this movie and the novel on which it's based are known as Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone everywhere except the U.S. <laughs> this was because the U.S. publisher, Scholastic, had changed the title and corresponding text to Sorcerer's Stone, believing that American audiences were largely unfamiliar with the Philosopher's Stone concept. To keep the movie consistent with the book, every scene in the movie where the Philosopher's Stone is mentioned, it was filmed twice, once with the cast members saying philosophers and once with them saying sorcerers or dubbed. Most notably, one of the times Hermione says it in the library and her face isn't shown. J.K. Rowling has since said that she regrets having granted permission for the title change, but as a fledgling author, she wasn't in a strong enough position to fight it at the time. Her publisher had even asked her to shorten her name to J.K. out of fear that teenage boys would be unwilling to read a book written by a woman. She's mm. frequently asked by fans in the U.S. why she didn't call it the Philosopher's Stone. First off, I resent that people think Americans are stupid. <laughs> I feel like we would have understood. And even if you don't, you can look it up. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not that hard to find the information. I know what the Philosopher's Stone is. I know the, like the legend or the myth or whatever. But I say sorcerer because that's what I know. I don't ever say philosopher because that's not what it came. It also does a roll off the tongue as well. Yeah, like Philosopher's opinion. Stone. It's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorcerer is more hard to say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, if you want to check out Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, you can watch it on Max or Peacock Premium as of the recording of this episode. So now it's time for us to talk about our personal connections to this film. Arabia, what's your connection to the Harry Potter series and this movie in particular? Harry Potter is part of who I am. Like, um, I <laughs> love this franchise so much. It's probably my favorite franchise of all time. I'm into a lot of different things, but I love Harry Potter. I have a Harry Potter jacket I wear almost daily. I got a lot of Harry Potter stuff around my home. I have all the movies on DVD. I would get them like every year for Christmas when they come out. I cried at the end of the last movie. I was so sad it was over. It's like a part of my childhood was like waiting for the next Harry Potter movie to come out. And it's so, it's a part of who I am. I do anything. I play the games when they come out. If they have some event going on in the city, I'll try to go to it. It's just, it's just a part of who I am. I'm a Hufflepuff. Let you know that now. That's who my house is. I got Hufflepuff ramen bowls. I have, I got stuff from my house and my home. It just makes me so happy. I watch it almost every year. It just brings me a sense of happiness, even though it's not, it's a dark tale, if you really think about it, really think about it, especially after the, like, the second movie, but it's just still, I love the magic, I love how deep the, the lore is, like, how much information she came up with, and all the spells, and just the characters, and it just goes years and years back, like, the way she, that was a genius, like, I believe she came up with this off of a, a dream, she had a dream about something like this, and then she turned it into the stories, and that's like, what are the chances? That is awesome. <laughs> and she mm -hmm. turned it into this huge thing that has made so much different stuff like a theme park and even more movies and people like dress up and do all kinds of different stuff. I plan to have a Harry Potter, what's it called? Baby shower for my first child. That's what my goal is. <laughs> goal is. I just oh, love Harry Potter so, <laughs> I love it so much. And I talk about it all the time to my family and my friends. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just makes me happy. Yes. As your sister, I can attest that she talks about Harry Potter a lot <laughs> and that she, in fact, has all of these Harry Potter things and goes to these events. So like I said, she's way more of a fan than I am. For me, I remember all of the buzz that was going on because of these books. I was probably nine or 10 years old when I began reading the books. And this story probably won't make sense to, 
to most of you, but I wanted the book series when I was younger. And by this time, the first four books had come out. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't come from a rich family or anything. So I could not get all four books at the same time. So I was at a bookstore with a parental figure and they made me choose a single book. Now, I knew that if I got the first book, I would be done reading it so fast. (laughs) So I got the third book instead. So I read the first five books out of order. Oh, Um, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I read the third book first and then maybe the first, then second, because I kind of had to wait for like Christmases and birthdays to get the additional books. Right. So I did read them out of order. My experience was not marred at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Personally, again, I think it's weird, but I am a fan of over 20 years now. I will say that this movie for me was pretty groundbreaking because I don't think I've ever seen a book transformed into a movie with like such accuracy and Mm -hmm. fidelity to the book. I feel like everything that I had imagined while I was reading the books had come to life. I felt like the acting was pretty good. I found that it was an interesting story and it captured the hearts of people all ages. Like everyone was into Harry Potter, both children and adults. There were a handful of adults that I can remember that felt like Harry Potter was like a little devilish because it had to do with (laughs) magic and witches. Yes. I never paid them any mind, but there were a few Mm -hmm. people like, don't be reading that Harry Potter. And I'm like, it's a story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had people in school class that couldn't read it for those reasons. Yeah. Which is awful. You missed out on greatness. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But of course, the story is really compelling and it builds over time. Mm -hmm. And this movie shows how everything really got started. The franchise is freaking huge. You have the books in the movies. You got Potterworld at Universal Studios Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You have Hogwarts Legacy, the video game, which both Arabia and I have played. Mm -hmm. We got the Fantastic Beasts prequel series. There are companies that do like Harry Potter related events in different Mm -hmm. towns. There's merch and so much more. So Harry Potter is like a big freaking deal. Despite the writer being canceled, it is still huge. And it's one of the most masterfully told stories that I have ever read. And it was like a huge part of my childhood. And to your point earlier, like, I do think it was, it's crazy how much detail and how weirdly tied together the story Mm -hmm. is. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a whole world she just came up with. And yeah. not just the world, like a language with the spells and all the different mm-hmm. stuff. And like the first movie is probably the one I've seen the most because Disney Channel used to play the first and the second movie like all the time. And hmm. I just have it on in the night and watching Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone for like the 10th time <laughs> that month because I used to play it all the time. <laughs> the first two. They never played any of the other ones, but they only played the first two. So... That one was probably mm. the This one is probably when I've seen the most, even though I've watched them all loads of times. Yeah, I think I probably watched all of them an equal, equal amount. Oh, also, I'm a Gryffindor. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll share that. But I'm excited for us to share our perspectives on this movie. So let's chat. All right. Late one night, Albus Dumbledore and Minerva McGonagall, professors at the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, along with groundskeeper Rubius Hagrid, deliver an orphaned infant wizard named Harry Potter to his muggle aunt and uncle, Petunia and Vernon Dursley, his only living relatives, who have a cute house on Privet Drive. Now, in this scene, we get to see some cool stuff. Dumbledore is snatching the light from the street lamps. Professor McGonagall transforms from a cat into a lady. Hagrid pulls up with the baby and he's making so much noise. They're mm-hmm. obviously trying to be quiet and like <laughs> stay undercover. And then he pulls up in this loud Motorbike like thing. Yeah. Yeah. With the baby. And I'm like, Hagrid, 
<laughs> One of the details when Dumbledore takes the lights and he uses mm-hmm. the, the illuminator. What, this is what I'm talking about. This thing doesn't come back up to the last movie. <laughs> like right. that one thing. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even remember eventually when that movie came out being like, what is that? And they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I've never seen that before. But if you watch the first movie, it's the first thing you see him do. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. They never mentioned yeah. that again. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Dumbledore has made the executive decision to leave the kid in the muggle world because he will not be safe in the wizarding world and he'll be famous. At this point, we don't know what for unless you've read the books. But mm-hmm. we see that the child has a lightning shaped scar on his forehead. And at this time, the scar is fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so... We skip ahead in time. It's about 10 years later. And Harry lives with his Aunt Petunia, Uncle Vernon, and cousin Dudley. Now, his bedroom is a locked cabinet underneath the stairs, which is quite small and is a big fire hazard. Let me tell you, I went to Harry Potter Experience and they had a setup of the under the stairs room and you could actually go inside it. They are wrong. They're so dirty for have someone living underneath that small space under the yes. stairs, like a little, like a rat or something. Oh my gosh. I, so I know what it feels like and it's not great. <laughs> These people are the worst. (laughs) They are. They absolutely are. On this particular day, it's Dudley's birthday. And Harry, the relationship we see that Harry has with his family is very, like, he's basically Cinderella. He's basically Mm -hmm. a redheaded stepchild. He, Mm -hmm. they make him, like, serve up their breakfast. And Dudley is the center of their attention. The Dursleys really dote on Dudley. And they give in to his chubby demands Mm -hmm. while treating Harry like a house elf, basically. (laughs) Pretty much. I really like the neighborhood that they live in. And one thing I noticed, because I had paused it to take notes, each house had the same car in a different color. Like they all had station wagons. (laughs) And I was like, what are they trying to say about this neighborhood? I don't know if they're trying to say anything at all. But I just really love their house. Like houses, the way they're lined up, they... Just something about the way they look looks really cute to me. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to say that like they put him in a spot where it's like nothing really stands out. Everything kind of looks the same. So it'd be hard to find him. Maybe that was like the thing. I don't know. The question that I started to ask myself is how I understand that Voldemort changed as a result of the attack, the initial attack on Harry and his parents. Mm -hmm. How hard would it have been? For Voldemort to find <laughs> Voldemort or Voldemort's people to find him. He was in the room. So like he I know something happens to him. And he I, I guess he like disappears or whatever. And then like who went and Oh, well, we do see that later on, though. Like I was about to say who went and got him. But we, we do know that. But that doesn't happen to wait later. Right. But what what I'm saying is how hard would it have been to know that Lily had a sister named Petunia? Did you notice they had flower names? Oh, no. (laughs) I never put that together. They do. Like, why don't the Death Eaters or whoever know that Lily had a sister and that, like, check out that that may be where he's at? Right, right. Mm, Just a little. To me, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Unless Lily totally dissociated herself from her sister. But there's birth records. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But anyways, for Dudley's birthday, they go to the zoo. They're in the reptile house. And Harry talks to this huge Burmese python. And you can tell that Harry doesn't get out much and that he does not have a lot of friends because he identifies with this Burmese python (laughs) that's been raised in captivity. A big snake. (laughs) He's like, "Hmm, I see myself in you. (laughs) Yes, basically. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so when Dudley sees that the snake is moving and like responding to Harry, he literally throws Harry out of the way. And Harry, of course, is upset. And then suddenly the glass in the enclosure disappears and Dudley falls into the enclosure. Mm-hmm. Freaky. That's what Harry he doesn't know what's going on, but oh, yeah. that is what Dudley gets. He's an awful child. He oh. reminds me of the children from Willy Wonka. Like, the- oh yeah, the worst <laughs> kids. He would turn into yes. a big old blueberry because he ain't listening. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> he could uh, drown in a chocolate river or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He falls into the enclosure, and the snake escapes. And the snake is like, "Thanks," and <laughs> leaves and scares all the people in the reptile house. I'm gonna say I don't like the CGI on the snake. I actually don't like any of the CGI at all. <laughs> it's so fresh it's so new it's like 2001 it was good for what it when it was coming out <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> i don't like the cgi on the snake and i will be bringing up other cgi later on <laughs> but anyways the glass suddenly reappears and dully is actually trapped inside the enclosure with all the snake poop and everything ew <laughs> so back <laughs> back at the house uncle vernon asks what happened and Harry is like, I don't know. It was like it was magic. To which Vernon says, there's no such thing. Arabia, what do you think about Harry's home life? The older I get, the more it, more it bothers me how they treated him. Like, I hate seeing people mistreated when they really don't deserve it, especially children. Like, he literally didn't do anything to them. And they're like his family, all he got. And they treat him like dirt. Like, it triggers me every time I watch it. Like, as I'm like, why? He didn't do nothing wrong. He looks like a sweet little mm-hmm. boy. And you, you've taught Dudley to treat him the same way. Like, they right. could be like best friends. They could be like brothers. But no, y'all are like, oh, let's treat him like crap. All because I was jealous of my sister. That's pretty much <laughs> the whole reason they treat him like that. Oh, my gosh. It's just living under the stairs, cooking for them, getting their coffee. It's just the worst. I just, it just bothers me every time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. This is abusive. Yes, it is <laughs> neglect. Abuse. It's one thing to like dislike or like be mean to your family. These people were abusive to this child. I actually know people who grew up this way or in similar situations, mm-hmm. and part of me is like, why take care of this kid at you all? Right. Why not give him away so that he can? He might be better off in an orphanage. Like, (laughs) (laughs) why take care of him at all? And I'm mad at Dumbledore for being like, yeah, let's put them with it. Because McGonagall, she's like, I watched these people for a few days and they like kind of suck. And he was like, they're the only family he got. So let's just go with it. And I was like, no, that's not like just go with it. (laughs) It's 11 years. He's been here for like 11 years dealing with this. Like, oh, my gosh. Right, right. And let's not talk about what type of self-esteem a kid has growing up in a house where they're not wanted. Right. Like, that's That's why he identifies with snakes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Well, shortly after that fiasco and just before Harry's 11th birthday, owls begin delivering letters addressed to him from under the cupboard, which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) They So they know that's where he lives. Like, (sighs) right. Right. And so one thing that I noticed that I've never noticed before in this movie is that Harry's clothes are too big. Yeah. So, of course, he's not getting all of the proper necessities as well. He's getting like Dudley's hand-me-downs. Right. And I also want to say, I forgot to mention that Uncle Vernon threatened him before they went to the zoo. My parents, my mom, I'll say, sometimes would threaten me before we would go places. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't touch nothing. Don't ask for nothing or whatever. (laughs) But Uncle Vernon said, like, if you cut up, you won't eat for a week. And it's like, okay. Has has that happened before? Because you said that really easily. Like, yes. And why take him at all? I was surprised they even took him to the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) 
Right, right. But the abusive Dursleys adamantly refused to allow Harry to open any of the mail. You can see from like the little seal on the back that it is from a place called Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. But Harry doesn't know anything about the place. So this family goes through great lengths to stop Harry from opening these letters. And they're really cruel about it. But the owls keep coming and they don't stop coming. The letters are flying in from all over the place. They come in. There's one point where they come in through the fireplace Mm -hmm. and they come in through the mail slot that Vernon nailed shut. Like the letters are just coming in. Harry's trying to get to one and trying to run away. And they're all just kind of freaking out. I think that's funny about like their personality trait is how they freak out. Yeah, they just start screaming. (gasps) Like when she saw that he was in the glass case, I would, I mean, like your kid, you would freak out, but she just was like, oh, I can't get to you. Like pressing her face all up against the glass. It was crazy. Yes. Yeah. Nuts. These people end up fleeing to an island hut. Oh, like a, almost like a lighthouse. In the middle of nowhere. It was, <laughs> yes. how did you find this place? How did in, you get there? In the middle of the sea. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was like, WTF. <laughs> On this particular night, it's pretty stormy outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these people can't stand Harry. Why are they against him going away? Right. And we find out. Yeah, we find out a little bit more later. But today is Harry's 11th birthday. And he's just so sad. He has to draw a little birthday cake on the dirt floor where he's sleeping in this little weird, in this Shack lighthouse, place. wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. And Hagrid arrives like the popo knocking yeah. on the door. <laughs> Busted down the door. Right. Oh, his right. big behind. Per- <laughs> he is, right. To personally deliver Harry's letter of acceptance to Hogwarts. And, you know, he's huge and the Dursleys are scared. He even brings Harry a cake, which you should have a cake on your birthday. Like, right. Happy the- birthday. Birthday spell. Right. <laughs> Wrong, but it's good. <laughs> yeah so petunia and vernon watch in horror as hagrid tells harry about his own legacy and facts that they've kept from him from his whole life and he says i feel like this line is pretty iconic you're a wizard harry yeah you're a wizard yes and so we (laughs) learn why the dursleys never told harry about you know his actual life petunia was pretty jealous that her sister was a witch and how much her parents were proud of lily for being a witch so i guess she really lived in her sister's shadow So Vernon and Petunia vowed to put a stop to the magic nonsense, which explains why they didn't want him at Hogwarts. OG haters, like. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Haggard also reveals that Harry's parents, James and Lily, were not killed in a car crash like Harry had learned. So in the meantime, Fatty Dudley sneaks a few (laughs) bites of Harry's cake and Haggard gives him a pig's tail. (laughs) And once again... The Dursleys freak out. They start screaming (laughs) and and running. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so Hagrid and Harry roll out and Hagrid tells Harry that like, I technically can't do magic. So let's not tell anybody. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not tell anybody about that. Yeah. You find out later why he can't do it. (laughs) But Right. Big old dude. Hagrid's the best. So (laughs) yes, he is. He is. They don't talk about this in this movie but he is like half giant yeah which explains his size no it's weird what it is is like how did that happen like how did that work (laughs) (laughs) that was my question when i found that out like huh so a giant and a regular person got down and i was like no (laughs) wait do we know if his mom was a giant or his dad i can't remember i don't remember oh i know at some point he said he used to pick up his dad so i think it's his dad who's regular i think which is even that weirder. That sounds right. I don't know what's weirder, but I feel like I remember I, him saying I feel like he, that's like like a weird fetish. But, yeah. <laughs> a giant woman. <laughs> 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 okay. 
So it's the next day and Hagrid and Harry go school shopping and they go through this bar and everyone in the bar is like shocked and honored to meet Harry. And enter Professor Quirrell, the Defense Against Dark Arts teacher. He's a stuttering man who wears a turban. He comes off really unsure of himself mm-hmm. and just meek. Harry. Yes, very meek. And Harry is trying to figure out, like, why is everyone like this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't understand why he's famous. Right. They say, this is Harry Potter. And they all like, that's my favorite parts in all the movies. When everyone's like, it's Harry Potter. And they're like, what? Everything just stops and everyone's <laughs> staring at him. It happens throughout the whole series. And they're just like, oh, my gosh. All these people look super old, by the way. I remember walking in like, what is the time period? Because just witches and wizards, they have an older look, like, back in the mm-hmm. day times. Yeah. I'll agree. Professor Quirrell looks more modern for yeah. the time. But the rest of the those people, people in the bar. did not. Mm-hmm. I would have walked into that I bar agree. and been like, what's going on here? <laughs> medieval times? Yes, like- <laughs> what is this a convention? Like, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in like a weird little alley of this bar, they enter Diagon Alley, mm-hmm. which is completely abuzz with all the students and their parents and guardians getting supplies and buying witchy stuff like owls and wands and broomsticks, etc. They head to Gringotts, which is like a wizarding bank, to get Harry's money and another thing that Dumbledore sent Hagrid to get. The mm-hmm. bank is run by goblins. The it's supposed to be super secure. Creepiest looking things in the movie. They are... But the makeup is excellent. Yeah, it like, is. The CGI <laughs> sucks, but the goblin makeup was pretty fantastic. Pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And they have these sharp little teeth. Sharp teeth. A little scary. They are. And the black eyes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So they use this weird, it's almost like a train or trolley system mm-hmm. to take them between vaults. Green Gods comes up a lot more in the series later on, of mm-hmm. course. But they use that little Charlie system or whatever to go to Vault 687, where Harry has a big inheritance from his parents, which is nice. It's probably been accruing interest <laughs> since for the past 10 years. Yeah. So that's cool. Next, they stop at Vault 713 that has a single item in it. It's wrapped up and it's top secret. And Hagrid's like... Let's not talk about this. Don't tell nobody about this. Mm-hmm. And next up, Harry goes to Ollivander's and buys a wand that's connected to Voldemort's own wand. And they figured this out after this freaky wind blows through the store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very weird. I actually really like Ollivander. Yeah. He comes back way later in the series as well. He's cool. His but, like uh, whole lineage has been making wands for like a long time or been in charge of the yeah. wands. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I would wonder if there's like another wand maker that's just like off to the side. It's just like <laughs> never gets taken. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. So yeah, Hagrid also gifts Harry with a pet snowy owl that is named Hedwig. Very cute owl. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. Like owls freak me out, but Hedwig was pretty. Yeah. They're super smart and kind of scary, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the owls are the mail delivery system, which I find interesting. Because why can't you just like send something to someone's house? Why can't you zap it there with your wand? But no, it's just right. owls. I, <laughs> I mean, then maybe people would just like send bombs and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's best that the owls bring it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's later that night after they're done with school shopping, and Hagrid and Harry eat dinner, and Hagrid is easily coaxed into telling the story of what happened to Harry. Mm-hmm. Hagrid is a lovely man with a kind heart, but he's not the sharpest tool in the shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> in this movie, he repeatedly gives information that he shouldn't, which is actually very germane to the story. Mm-hmm. But he tells Harry how Voldemort killed his parents 
and that we don't even speak Voldemort's name around here. And he Harry's like, Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I just told you not to say, say his name. And he's like yelling it in this bar mm-hmm. or wherever they are eating dinner. We also learned that the killing curse that Voldemort had cast towards Harry rebounded and kind of destroyed Voldemort's body and gave Harry his lightning bolt scar. And he's the boy that lived. Mm-hmm. It's tagline. And that's why he's famous in the wizarding world. So the next day at King's Cross Station, Harry boards the Hogwarts Express train on platform nine and three quarters by following the Weasleys because there's obviously not a nine and three quarters in the regular King's Cross Station. (laughs) And he hears Molly's loud mouth talking about, let's go Mm -hmm. (laughs) to her million kids that are all headed to Hogwarts. And he ends up following them. Because Hagrid like dips. He's like, oh, I got to go. And then he's like, well, how do I get up, get here? And he looks up and Hagrid's, he's just gone. I'm like... It's his first time. How is he supposed to know what to do? Right. Right. But he ends up finding his way with the help Mm -hmm. of the Weasleys. And so while he's on this train situation, he meets Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger. Ron comes across as like a little bit nervous, pretty poor, Mm -hmm. but he's really knowledgeable about wizarding life because that's his life, right? Mm, Yeah. So Harry gets like a lot of his street wizard knowledge from Ron. Mm -hmm. Harry buys the bar on the train. Mm, Yes. She's like, oh, y'all want something from the trolley? And he just pulls out a handful of gold. Because he, you could tell he felt a little sad for Ron. With yeah. his, it looked like Rice Krispie Treats. I don't know I don't what know. that was. <laughs> <laughs> but his mom had packed him some treats for the trip. And like I said, they obviously don't have a lot of money. But Harry buys all the candy on the train. And he experiences wizarding candy for the first time, including chocolate frogs and people disappearing from photos. This is a whole new world for Harry. Oh, it's so cool. The trolley snacks, I used to be like, oh, I wish I could get some of that because they always look tasty. And then like, yes. they end up like creating these things for real life, which is pretty cool. <laughs> right. The thing I always wanted to try when I read the book was butterbeer. Yes. And I still haven't had one. So I need to make my way over to... Potter world. <laughs> yes. So when Hermione pulls up to the car that Ron and Harry are in, Ron is trying to turn his rat scabbers yellow. But when the spell fails, Hermione is a little condescending and annoying, but she does fix Harry's glasses. Also, that ain't Oculus no rat. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, doing a spell on a living thing is something different. <laughs> But yeah, she does fix Harry's glasses. She comes across as kind of like a smart aleck with no filter, but that's my girl. Yeah. She is, you know, indispensable eventually. Key to the story. They wouldn't have made it without her. (laughs) Right, basically. (laughs) So arriving at Hogwarts, the kids take boats to the school from the trade station (gasps) and they meet Professor McGonagall. But what do you think about the design of the school? If that was the best thing to do for the first year students to take, have them go in the boat so they can see Hogwarts mm-hmm. in its entirety in this whole big, giant, beautiful castle on the lake. And you got the moon in the background. It was awesome. I'm like, can I do it again? Like the next year? <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. The school is, is beautifully designed. And the fun thing about Hogwarts Legacy, if you play the game, you get to see more of the school oh my gosh so detailed like you get to really explore it and see like how wonderful it is on the inside for yourself because you're playing so if you got a chance get hogwarts legacy they really put their foot in that game it was really good yes they did 
They absolutely did. Yes. So when the students pull up to Hogwarts, they meet Professor McGonagall, who explains that they have to be sorted into one of the four houses. So Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. She also explains the point system and how at the end of the year, the house with the most points is awarded the house cup. Harry also meets Draco Malfoy who is from a wealthy wizarding family and the two immediately form a rivalry after a condescending tirade from Draco. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because Draco offers his friendship and it's basically like some wizarding families are better than others. Like the poor redheaded weasel. Yes. Red hair, hand me down robe. Let me guess. You're a Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) Like, geez. Yes. Right. And Harry is like, "Mm, I can tell the bad people for myself. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a wise decision. So the students assemble in the Great Hall where the Sorting Hat sorts the first year students into, like I said, one of the four houses. So Harry is placed into Gryffindor alongside Ron and Hermione, while Draco gets placed into Slytherin, which is a house that is noted for producing dark wizards. Arabia, what do you think about the Sorting Hat's conversation with Harry? He almost places Harry in Slytherin. He's like, you could be really great in there. You know, you might want to go. But Harry's like, I know that's where the bad wizards are. I don't want to go there. Put me somewhere else. Please, (laughs) please, please. It's pretty cool because it's like, it makes sense why he would get almost put there like later on in this story. Also like to say the Great Hall is wonderful. The best dining hall in like any show or movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's like really nicely designed. And then there's an enchantment that kind of mimics the sky. Mm, the floating candles. The it's cool. Yes. That was cool. I read that they were trying to use real candles. Yeah. And that that, of, yeah, of course, course it didn't, didn't work out. <laughs> the dripping <laughs> wax, the, it just, yes. I didn't see how that was going to go. Right, right. So that's CGI, which I actually don't mind that CGI. What I will say is that it is kind of cool that the Sorting Hat listened to Harry, mm-hmm. because as you see, as the other students are being sorted, there are some of them that like the head doesn't even get on their head before he just yells out what house yeah. they're going to. Like Draco <laughs> so, was immediately slithering. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was nice that the Sorting Hat actually took into account what Harry wanted, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of neat. But I want to point out the crazy announcements that Popeye's Biscuit Voice Dumbledore. <laughs> 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 he says that the Dark Forest is off limits to all students and that the third floor corridor is deadly. This is and a I was school. Like, WTF, like, oh. would you send your kid to a school that had parts that were restricted for like yes. deathly reasons. Like, what am I, huh? yes. Maybe we should get rid of that or get somebody out to fix that problem because that's that don't make children are curious. There's no way that they're gonna be like, oh, okay, absolutely. Oh my gosh, right? And the Forbidden Forest. Come on now, who chose that location? <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Well, somebody was probably like, the students could learn so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they make it out of there. Right. Right. I also want to point out that I don't like the CGI on the sorting hat. I think he looks like Oogie Boogie from the Night Before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And I... Yeah, I don't like it. But during the sorting ceremony, Harry experiences a weird pain in his scar and he associates it with Professor Snape, who's like kind of staring intently Glaring at him, at him with his bob. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at this time, Professor Quirrell is also sitting next to Snape with his back turned. So that comes back later. We get a good look at the professors as they're all sitting in front of everyone in the dining hall. Mm-hmm. We finally see double, well, we saw him in the beginning, but I like 
this Dumbledore because, you know, he only plays Dumbledore in these first two movies because he passes away. But I think it really goes well because he plays him differently than Michael Gammon plays him in the later movies because the movies get darker and I think it just fits. So it wasn't a really big deal mm-hmm. to me when they switched, the, when they had to recast him. Yeah, I don't even think I really noticed <laughs> until I I got older. <laughs> yeah, during dinner, we find out a few things about the school, right? We find out that Snape teaches potions, but he really wants to teach defense against the dark arts. Mm-hmm. We also find out that the school has ghosts, namely Sir Nicholas or mm-hmm. nearly headless Nick. Nick. Bloody Bear yes. and there's peas. They have a bunch, which is yeah, cool, but I wouldn't need to heads up on that one, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Especially if I was like a muggle-born. school? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Why a school, though? Why are y'all hanging out at a school? A little weird. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's weird. We see the changing staircases, which I think is interesting, but also stupid. Yes. Like, why? When I think magic, I'm like, oh, like, how much simpler would my life be if I had a spell to do X, Y, and Z? This is not simple. The staircase thing is, is inconvenient. Very. We see that the pictures on the walls move and talk, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. And then we see the... Password to enter the Gryffindor common room is Caput Draconis. And this is where the Gryffindor peeps go to sleep. These are their like their dorm area. So it's the next day. It's the first day of class. And Harry and Ron are late. They end up getting lost. So they rush to Professor McGonagall's class. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the staircase has changed. Like, how am I supposed to know where to go? But they rush to her class and then she hops from cat to human form and gets them together. And I was like, this part is cool. I remember seeing it in the previews quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I love Professor McConnell. Yeah. She's one of my favorites. But in a different class, it's a potions. Snape does a monologue and accuses Harry of not paying attention. And then he kind of embarrasses him and quizzes him in front of the class and shames him by saying fame isn't everything. Alan Rickman's voice is so lovely. That's I why love he was voice. chosen. Like, Hampton was like, it's only for him. So, so good. <laughs> and Harry was writing yes. notes. He was writing out everything he was saying. I was like, he was actually really paying right. attention to what you were doing. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Well, in the cafeteria, a kid named Seamus tries to turn a glass of water to rum, but it blows up in his face. <laughs> Which happens throughout uh, this the whole movie. <laughs> All the movies. It does. It does. It's kind of his theme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, then the male shows up. All the owls fly around the room or whatever. And Ron gets a newspaper that Harry is reading and he finds out that some evil witches and warlocks broke into the vault 713 that he and Hagrid visited just the day before. He realizes that something is afoot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how secure is Gringotts? Like, Hagrid literally talked about how secure Gringotts was and somebody broke in the next day. (laughs) Yeah. So much for that. Yes, right. So now it's time for the broomstick flying class, which is taught by Madam Hooch. Who looks weirdly like a cat to me. Yes. The eyes, yes. <laughs> yeah. In the class, Cartoon Neville goes crazy. <laughs> he doesn't have a good handle on how to fly on his broom. So he has this kind of episode where he's going around crazy flying and he's falling off of buildings. But the CGI, he looks like a cartoon. He's basically He looks rubbery. <laughs> yes, yes. And he ends up falling and breaking his wrist. So when Madame Hooch is taking Neville to the infirmary, she tells everyone to keep their feet on the ground. But Malfoy ends up finding Neville's Remembrall, which is a gift that he received that is supposed to help you remember stuff. But Harry 
you know, who's like standing up for Neville is like, hey, you can't do that to Neville. And so Malfoy, who is obviously pretty skilled with riding his broom, throws the remember all and Harry rides his broom. Again, this is his first time riding a broom to catch the ball. And he receives praise from his peers and a recommendation from Professor McGonagall for Harry to be a seeker on the Quidditch team, making him the youngest seeker in his century. When Harry expresses his feelings of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. at being chosen for the Quidditch team, Hermione shows him that his father was a champion Quidditch player, which he did not know. A lot of people know way more about his parents than he does, and it's sad. Right. It is. It's very sad. So while Harry, Hermione, and Ron are returning to the Gryffindor common room, the staircases change paths again, leading them to the third floor, which is forbidden to students per the announcement from Dumbledore. Uh I didn't make that connection before, but... (laughs) It's like, maybe have the staircase not be able to go over there. That could be a way to solve the problem. Yes. Yes. So when the students realize that they're in the forbidden area, they try to leave, but Filter's little snitch cat scares them and they have to look for another exit. Mrs. Norris. Yes. And so Hermione uses Alohomora to open a locked door. And there behind the door, they discover a giant three-headed dog and they barely escape. But Hermione saw that in the chaos of everything, mm-hmm. that it was standing on a trapped door and Hermione rightfully assumes that it's guarding something. And when they get back to the common room, she's like, I can't hang out with y'all no more because we'll be killed or worse, expelled. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to sort out her priorities. That's what Ron right. said, which is hilarious. Because she's like, I'd rather die than get expelled from the school. <laughs> yes, basically. Yes. And then briefly, Harry gets like a little tutorial on Quidditch by, is it Oliver Wood? For whatever reason, I forgot his first name. Is that right? Yes, that's his name. I thought so too. Okay. So Oliver Wood does a tutorial on Quidditch. He's the team captain. And I think he's actually kind of cute. But (laughs) we learn that the seeker, which is Harry's position on the team, chases a golden snitch, which is like a little Farrah Rocher. The... Uh, a little a little golden wrapped chocolate candy with wings. With wings, oh my gosh. <laughs> that flies around the field. And his job is to catch it. And if he catches it, it's worth, I think, 150 points. And the team automatically wins the game. So mm-hmm. he's basically the person who can, like, the other people on the team are able to score points. But he, if he does what he's supposed to do, will actually win the game for the team officially. Yeah. I was trying to think, if I went to Hogwarts, would I try out for Quidditch? Like, I feel like I would play for fun. But I don't know if I would, like, actually play on the team. I'm not, like, a sport person. Would you try out? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Heck no. I think I would be a decent broom rider, mm-hmm. but I don't think I could take the brutality of the game. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. It's a little brutal for my taste mm-hmm. and like going really fast. and mm-mm. It's super dangerous. Oh, gosh. Yes. Actually. <laughs> right. I could be like the team manager and like taking care of the broomsticks <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh-uh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could not. So, yeah. So time is progressing in this movie in... A weird way. I wish they did a little bit better, but I think they did okay. Because by the next scene, it's Halloween night. Right. It's Charms class. And the kids are learning the spell Wingardium Leviosa, which makes things levitate. And me and my husband, Calvin, whenever we would pass a hotel, uh, there's a hotel called the Wyndham Garden. One of us would scream, Wingardium Leviosa. (laughs) (laughs) And there aren't very many of those hotels anymore. So whenever we pass one, whichever one of us spots it, 
first. We'll just yell, oh my God, I'm Leviosa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Leviosa. Yes. And so <laughs> naturally, Hermione is really good getting her feather to levitate. Mm-hmm. The other students are having more of a hard time. But she kind of makes, I don't want to say makes fun of, but she kind of shows off in class and tells Ron, you're not saying it right. And Ron, of course, is annoyed by it. So after class, Ron insults her saying like, no wonder she doesn't have any friends. And she overhears him and she gets really upset and ends up spending the entire afternoon crying in the girl's bathroom while the other kids have the sugariest feast in history. (laughs) They're just eating candy. There's no other (laughs) food on the table. I don't know if they already ate and like this is the dessert or whatever. Their feast be looking good though. When they first sat down, it was just like turkeys and piles of chicken wings and all kinds of stuff. It was like, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I read that the person who was directing the film for I think the first scene actually had real food, but then it started to stink. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, they started using fake food. But yeah, they have the sugary feast. And then that same night, Professor Quirrell comes in yelling about a giant marauding troll in the dungeon. And he faints. And the kids freak out. But Dumbledore is like, (laughs) silence. And he tells the prefects to take the kids to the dorms. And the teachers should go with Dumbledore to the dungeon. But oddly enough, Snape sneaks off on his own. He doesn't go with the rest of the teachers. So Harry and Ron realize that Hermione is still crying her eyes out in the bathroom. And she doesn't know about the troll. And they need to go and warn her and we find out from ron that trolls are actually pretty stupid and it's unlikely that they just show up right and they're big they're giant um, it was like who didn't see this thing come into the building (laughs) right (laughs) so harry and ron see the troll entering the girl's bathroom arabia what do you think about this troll oh he's gross looking he's not the best cgi Mm -hmm. you can tell that it's like not mm-hmm. right but he's giant and he looks mm-hmm. like he smells he has a giant club i hated fighting the trolls in hogwarts legacy they're pain in the butt oh god oh my the gosh worst. they were so hard yes. to beat but oh mm-hmm. uh, this one you could actually do what they end up doing in the game which is pretty funny but yeah it's just this big stinky looking <laughs> thing that looks dumb you're just like it's gonna get me but maybe i can think myself out of this <laughs> <laughs> he also has like these barnacle looking things on like yeah. his lower legs yeah his legs yeah Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> but Harry and Ron rush in to save Hermione. This troll is actually very dangerous, but there is something comical about this scene to me. Yeah. It's a little funny, but Ron ends up successfully performing Wingardium Leviosa and he hits the troll with his own club and knocks it out. So What's funny about this scene is that the troll ends up picking up Harry by his feet and Harry's talking to Ron and he had to keep going up to duck from the club while he, they're talking yeah. to each other. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the teachers end up showing up to find the bathroom destroyed and the troll knocked out on the floor. And the three kids end up making up and becoming close friends after Hermione takes the blame for the incident by claiming that she went looking for the troll and, you know, Harry and Ron came after her, which, of course, is not what happened. But what happened wouldn't have got them in trouble. So I don't know why they didn't tell the truth. But okay. (laughs) I don't know. Harry and Ron would have gotten in trouble. It was like she was stuck in the bathroom, so we had to go get her so she wasn't wandering around by herself. Like, that's a good reason. I'm like, okay. You try to. It is a decent reason. Mm-hmm. But at this time, Harry ends up spotting a cut on Snape's leg through his torn pants, adding to his suspicion of Snape. Five points ends up being deducted from Gryffindor for Hermione staying behind to go find the troll but then 10 points are added back five points for harry and ron each for coming to rescue her so quirrell 
is left to deal with the troll. But we can see that Snape is like a little suspicious of Quirrell at this point. He's looking at him kind of weird. Why do they leave Quirrell by himself to handle this, this big thing? I mean, it was sleep, but it could have woke up. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He is the defense against the dark arts teacher. So he should know how to deal with trolls. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> so in the next scene, it's the following day. And Snape wishes Harry luck in his snide way. Because the Quidditch game is today. And he walks away limping. Harry assumes that Snape let in the troll as a diversion to the room with the three-headed dog. And get beyond him and whatever he's guarding, explaining the blood that he saw the previous day. He thinks that Snape is after what Hagrid retrieved in Vault 713. But just then, Hedwig shows up with the Nimbus 2000, a premier broomstick that Professor McGonagall gave him. So it's time for Harry's first Quidditch game. And it gets real interesting. To sum it up, Cartoon Gryffindor is playing Cartoon Slytherin. And... <laughs> <laughs> we get to see more diversity. The announcer of the games is black and one of the Gryffindor players is also a black girl. So this movie is pretty white. This movie in particular. That we do get some more diversity of characters yeah. later on. So Slytherin in this game is not playing fair. What do you think about the Quidditch? The concept of Quidditch? Where's the referee? Where's the fouls? Because they were elbowing people, kicking broom people off their broomsticks, and they were like tumbling and flying on the ground, being knocked out. And the teachers are like, Thank <laughs> you. I'm like, what's going on? Like, that's what I was like, would I actually play this game? This is so dangerous. There's like, is there like cushioning spells? Is there like some extra safety spells they have on them to make them not like break their neck because the way that they're flying off these brooms and then they hit the ground? Shouldn't it be like some fake like catching thing down there? Like mm -hmm. you can't see it, but you would fall into like a cloud or something. Like, what are the safety measures? There was none. They're just yes. kicking the mess out of people off their brooms. It's like who okay this <laughs> where's right. the school board <laughs> right i completely agree slytherin isn't playing fair they're playing particularly rough but then mm -hmm. something crazy happens when harry starts being jerked around on his broom while he's pursuing the snitch hermione uses binoculars and sees that snape is mouthing some words and assumes that he's like bewitching the broom Mm -hmm. So she heads over to where the teachers are sitting and she uses Lacarnum Inflammare to set his cloaks on fire. Now, I will also note that Professor Quirrell is nearby and he ends up falling during the fire when people are, you know, freaking out, trying to put it out. So Harry, because nobody's trying to bewitch his broom, is able to get back on his broom and he ends up doing this weird maneuver that's obviously dangerous, but he ends up catching his first the snitch game. in his mouth, right? In his first game, ending the game and making it a fantastic start to his Quidditch career. Suck it, Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this is the point where I'm like, okay, why aren't the teachers interfering at all? Like Harry is obviously being toyed around with on his broom. Oliver Wood gets knocked out by someone on Slytherin. The black girl player ends up getting ganged up on and like thrown into the stands. Guy with the worst yes. teeth, which I think his name is Marcus Flint. He was like a yes, linebacker out there. I don't know <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, I also want to say that when I went to college, real life college at Louisiana State University, there were people I knew who played real life human Quidditch. There was a field that was next to my dorm yeah. as a freshman mm -hmm. and people would have rooms and be riding around playing Quidditch. If I remember correctly, the snitch was actually a person that people would go around and try to catch. And I was like, mm. I really like Harry Potter, but I draw the line at playing real life Quidditch. Like, that's a little nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't fly up in the sky, it's not. 
But I play following, like once, see what it's like. I, no, <laughs> I would maybe just watch and then just leave. <laughs> it's so weird. But it's the next day and the three kids talk to Hagrid about their suspicions of Professor Snape and how like he was bleeding and how mm-hmm. he was bewitching Harry's broom during Quidditch. And they talk about the three-headed dog. And Hagrid, again, who isn't the brightest tool or the sharpest tool in the shed reveals that the dog's name is Fluffy and that he actually belongs to Hagrid. He also reveals that the object is only the business, the object that the dog is guarding is only the business of Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. At this point in the story, it's Christmas time and Mm -hmm. many of the kids are returning home for the holidays. And I guess this is why I associate this movie with Christmas. It's not really Christmas. (laughs) No, but this is the Christmas time. Christmas scenes are always pretty like, like a good like time in the movie yeah like the scene or whatever is pretty pretty good i want to know if that haggard is always bringing some type of beast to hogwarts i don't yes. know what where he'd be finding these things he's like fluffy you mean my my lap dog <laughs> my lap yes. dog <laughs> <laughs> <What>? right <laughs> so it's christmas time so many of the students are returning home for the holiday but not harry mm-hmm. and hermione spots ron and harry playing a violent game of wizard's chess mm-hmm. and ron isn't going home either because his parents are going on vacation so he can help harry look in the restricted section of the library for info on nicholas flamel so it's christmas morning And Ron and Harry have their own little Christmas and Harry receives an anonymous gift of an invisibility cloak from someone who knew his father. So the cloak apparently belonged to James Potter. Mm -hmm. And so Harry decides to use it to go to the restricted section of the library, but he ends up almost getting caught by Filch and ends up leaving behind a lantern. And while he's hiding under the invisibility cloak, he spots Snape hemming up Quirrell in the hallway. (laughs) And Snape is really suspicious of Quirrell. He's like, you need to figure out where your loyalties lie. We don't get a lot of information, but we know that Snape is like real suspicious of him. Yeah. And Snape also feels like somebody is nearby and he's right, but he ends up not catching Harry. The conversation ends quickly when Filch comes in and he's like, there was a student in the restriction section of the library and the lantern's still warm. So they go off to see if they can find a student. Now, I feel like it should have been easy for them to how many students are still in the building. Yeah. (laughs) Just like 10 of them. It's... (laughs) yeah yeah whatever (laughs) like they're being ridiculous anyways Mm -hmm. when the adults leave harry goes into a nearby room and he comes across a large mirror that shows him his mother and father and at this point i saw that his dad was wearing the exact same glasses is harry wearing his dad's glasses i don't know if they're i don't know that i don't know if they're his actual glasses i know they look the same but i don't know that part yeah i was like are those his dad's glasses because like they probably don't have the same prescription. Prescription? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was very strange, mm-hmm. but. This is the first time we get to see, well, we saw a scene, his mother in a quick little clip when Hagrid was explaining what happened mm-hmm. to them. We see both his parents. And this should be the first time Harry sees them because he doesn't have a picture. So that's really sad. Right. It's really sad, honestly. Him in this yeah. mirror, a mirror of a wrist or something like that it's called. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eris said. Eris said. I yeah. can never pronounce it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Harry rushes to Ron to show him this mirror and they head back. And when Ron looks in the mirror, he only sees himself as Quidditch captain and head boy. So it's obvious that this mirror shows different people different things. Mm-hmm. So Harry sits in front of the mirror for what seems like 
probably hours when Dumbledore arrives and he calls it the Mirror of Erised, which is desire spelled backwards. Oh. And he explains that it shows the deepest and most desperate desires of our hearts and has even driven some men to madness. Apparently, Dumbledore is moving the mirror tomorrow and asks Harry not to go looking for it. And he tells Harry, don't dwell on dreams and forget to live, which is decent advice. Yeah. But this is a kid who'd never even seen his parents before. <laughs> like, right. maybe let him look at him a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when the kids return to school from after the break and like school is back in full effect, Hermione discovers who Nicholas Fumel is in a book that she checked out weeks prior. The trio discover that Fluffy is guarding the Philosopher or the Sorcerer's Stone, a magical object that can turn metal into gold and produce an immortality elixir. Mm -hmm. What kind of diverse stone is is this it's pretty much whatever you want why can Multi it turn any metal into gold <laughs> and immortality elixir that just they don't seem really <laughs> But anyways, <laughs> we find out that Flamel is actually the creator of this stone and is the sole owner. So there's only one stone ever, apparently. So the kids go to Hagrid's house to ask about it. Harry suspects that Severus Snape, the potions teacher and the head of the Slytherin house, wants the stone. But Hagrid knows that Snape is protecting it along with other spells and enchantments. Hagrid is trying to rush the kids out because he has a dragon egg of a Norwegian Ridgeback, which is currently <laughs> hatching. He loves his creatures. He names them Norbert, which is hilarious. <laughs> and Malfoy is caught eavesdropping. And so Malfoy snitches, of course, because that's who he is. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Hagrid's house? Yeah, he lives in Hagrid's hut. It has bigger things in it to accommodate for him, which is pretty cool. And mm -hmm. it's like off to the side. He lives there. So I assume he lives like at Hogwarts full time. And it's full of like things and like little creatures. He has like this... Is it in the scene where he has like this plant thing? There's like this thing. I don't can't remember. But there's like this weird plant thing. Sure. I don't know if it was this scene or if it's another movie. But it's, I mean, it's homey. It's small though, even though he's big. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very cozy. Mm -hmm. It's like studio apartment. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he also has his large dog, Faye. Oh, yeah. Which makes the place even smaller. Yes. So I do think that his place is pretty small for him to be such a big guy. Mm -hmm. But it is quite cozy. And a lot of things happen in that hut <laughs> throughout <laughs> the rest of the books. So like I said, Malfoy, they kind of catch him eavesdropping. And as the kids head back, Professor McGonagall intercepts the kids and she takes them back to her office or her classroom. And she deducts 50 points for each of the students for being out and about when they're not supposed to. And she assigns the four of them to detention. And Draco was like, excuse me, four. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, you were out too. You, like, <laughs> you told on yourself, buddy. And I was like, <laughs> right. It's very fair. And that's why I arrive for Professor Renato. Yeah. She's not down with it. So, okay. Now this is the part where I'm like, <laughs> why? They served detention with Hagrid in the dark forest. We said from the jump that forbidden forest, forbidden, off limits. Oh, let's take two baby first years and have them go out and deserve their detention like if you think about it that's a sick punishment because you're like we're gonna send you out here into this dark forest this dangerous place because you misbehave <laughs> <laughs> my gosh yes girl i was like why okay Hagrid, of course, is upset because Dumbledore sent Norbert to Romania with the other dragons. And he you could tell he really has like a mm -hmm. child's heart. He's like, what if, what if the other dragons are mean to him? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's really upset about that. Filch is like, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Filch is over it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I'm shocked the detention is in the forest. But Malfoy is scared. 
But they all ride out to the forest, including Hagrid's dog, Fang. They are in the forest together and they come across this like silvery liquid on the ground. It's unicorn blood, but it looks like the T-1000 Terminator or Buster Rhymes <laughs> and Janet Jackson in the What's It's Gonna Be video. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or even TLC and Don't Go Chase Some Waterfalls. Like it's, it has that, that same vibe. Mm-hmm. But we find out that Hagrid found a dead unicorn a few weeks ago and that whatever unicorn lost this blood is injured, but it might still be alive. So Hagrid wants Ron and Hermione to go with him while Harry and Malfoy go off together to find this injured unicorn. What kind of detention is this? Why are they splitting up? (laughs) Alone two new students, 11-year-olds out here in the dark forbidden forest with all creatures roam. Like, this is what you get. This is your punishment. You deserve this. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy. I was like, I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense to me. And at this point, I'm like, the adults in this movie are very irresponsible. Yes. Like, from the brutality of Quidditch to assigning them detention in the Dark Forest <laughs> to having a deadly corridor in the, With a in giant the three-headed dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Girl. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like the adults are really irresponsible in this movie. But Malfoy and Harry go off together to look for this unicorn. Malfoy is clearly scared, even though he requests Fang, who apparently is a coward. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're walking together and Fang starts growling. And they come across a creature in a dark cloak sucking blood from a unicorn. Uh It moves like a cloak on a hanger. (laughs) It's like gliding and low budget at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Malfoy and Fang run off and the cloaked figure approaches a very scared Harry until a cartoon centaur comes and scares the creature (laughs) off. (laughs) The centaur whose name is Ferenz, I think yeah. that's his name, mm-hmm. says that it's not safe for Harry in the woods. It's not safe for any other children in the woods. Or for, for any human, <laughs> any person. Really? <laughs> like, nobody should be out here. Right. And he explains that drinking the blood from a unicorn will keep you alive, but cursed. Harry realizes that it was Voldemort who was drinking that blood and that he's the one who's after the Sorcerer's Stone. So when Harry chats with his friends, he assumes that Snape wants the stone to return it to Voldemort so that Voldemort Voldemort can come back to life. It's so casual. Yes. Oh my gosh. You see Voldemort in the forest and you were like, yeah, yeah, that's him. Like, you, yeah, let me like, talk to let me talk to Harry and Ron. I mean, yeah. let's, let me talk to Hermione and Ron and not, not somebody else. Dumbledore, Hagrid, no one. Like you didn't tell nobody that I think I Professor saw McGonagall. the guy who tried to murder me. I think I ran into him in the forest. <laughs> like what? Yes. yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. But he's like, once, you know, he believes that once Voldemort is back, he'll try to kill Harry again. Mm-hmm. And Hermione is like, as long as Dumbledore is here, Voldemort can't hurt you. Dumbledore is the one who said Famous me. last words. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, he wasn't the one, but they let me go in this forest. So I don't know about that. <laughs> right. Right. So it's time for the final exams at Hogwarts, which they call it end of year exams. And Harry's scar keeps burning and like the burning really intensifies and he takes it as an omen. He spots Hagrid and realizes that the person who gave Hagrid that dragon egg, the little suspicious person in the alley, probably wanted information out of him regarding Fluffy. So when Hagrid accidentally reveals that music puts Fluffy asleep, Harry, Ron, and Hermione like take action and eventually decide to find the snow before Snape, especially since Dumbledore is gone due to a Ministry of Magic emergency. 
So when they go talk to Professor McGonagall about all the stuff that they found out, she doesn't really believe them when they say someone is going to try to steal the stone, but she thinks that it's really secure. And so the kids end up sneaking out of the common room and they get confronted by Neville, who's sick of them losing points for Gryffindor. <laughs> He's like, y'all out here with the trolls, y'all out here roaming around the campus at night, losing us hundreds of points at a time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm trying- can y'all stop bringing... Like, I'm trying to win the house cup. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and he's really upset with them. And basically, they have to knock him out <laughs> to get them out of the way. So Hermione uses Petrificus Totalis to stun him, and they go to find the stone using the invisibility cloak. When they arrive to the room that Fluffy is in, Fluffy's already asleep due to this like enchanted heart. So when they open the trap door underneath the sleeping dog, the harp stops and Fluffy wakes up drooling on Ron. That was disgusting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this forces them all to kind of jump down the trap door without any real caution into a deadly plant called Devil's Snare, which they end up having to outsmart with the help of ridiculously smart Hermione, Mm -hmm. who knows that you shouldn't struggle and that it hates sunlight. So Hermione stops struggling. She's able to go through to the bottom. Harry stops struggling. He's able to go through to the bottom. Ron, unfortunately, is freaking freaking out out. (laughs) up there by himself, making it worse. Yes. And so Hermione has to use a spell called Lumis Solum to create sunlight to get rid of like the devil's snare. And Ron is set free. And he's like, oh, good. We didn't panic. In the next room, the next challenge, they find these flying keys and a broomstick. And Harry is like, um, this seems too easy. Mm -hmm. When he grabs the broomstick, the keys go crazy. And he has to find, Mm -hmm. right, the one key that has like a little broken wing that opens the next door. He uses his newly found Quidditch skills to grab the key, throws it down to Hermione, and they are able to get through the door and the keys don't follow them. Thank goodness. They are pretty aggressive. (laughs) So yeah, they make it through the door. And then the final step, final little challenge they have to get through is a life-size wizard's chess game. Ron takes charge and wins the game and ends up sacrificing himself (laughs) as the knight so that Harry can check the queen or something, whatever. (laughs) It's so funny. There's like a current trend on TikTok of people like recreating this scene. And it's like, not me, not Hermione, you. And they like, <laughs> like kind of make fun of how like Ron's talking. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Ron does say that speech and he says like, don't worry about us. Like you need to be the one that moves forward. Like I mm-hmm. have a feeling that it's going to be you that needs to bring it home. Yeah. And so Ron ends up getting knocked out after his piece gets destroyed. And I was like, Ron is a a real one. He actually, you know, sacrificed something. Yeah. And Harry wins the game and gets Hermione to take care of Ron and to send an owl to Dumbledore. Arabia, can you play chess? Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know nothing (laughs) about chess. I don't play checkers. And I was like, oh, Wizards Chess is cool. I'll be like, learn to play chess. But no, I I don't know how to play it. Do you? Calvin taught me how to play last year, but I haven't really played since. So Mm -hmm. I can do with a refresher. I've never won a game. I'm not a strategic thinker. Like I can't think multiple steps ahead like that. Uh huh. So I'm not very good at it if I practice maybe, but it's a challenging game. Yeah. But yeah, after they overcome those barriers, Harry enters the last room where he encounters defense against the dark arts teacher, Quirinius Quirrell. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ghetto name. <laughs> 
Quirinius, that is hilarious. Quirinius. <laughs> Professor Quirrell wants the stone. Snake figured it out and had been protecting Harry. Harry figures out that every evil thing that he attributed to Snape was actually Quirrell, mm-hmm. who does not have a stuttering problem, as he presented earlier in the movie. Harry's scar starts hurting him real bad. And also in the room is the mirror of Erised that Quirrell is standing in front of. And this weird whisper tells Quirrell to use the boy. Mm-hmm. And when Quirrell is like, get over here, <laughs> Harry mm-hmm. actually comes to him and stands in front of the mirror. And I was like, Harry, why are you following instructions? Right. <laughs> but in the mirror, Harry sees himself with the stone in his pocket and realizes that it's in there. And so he lies about what he sees in the mirror. And the weird whisper is like, let me holler at him. Yeah. (laughs) How funny would it be if Voldemort literally was like, let me holler at him. (laughs) And his like, whispery voice. It's ridiculous. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, because because the little whisper knows that Harry is lying. So Quirrell removes his turban to reveal a weakened Voldemort living on the back of his head. This is terrifying. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it's gross. I've seen like drawings of like how they like different ways they were trying to figure out how to make him look. There were some worse <laughs> ones. Like he looked freaky in some other drawings, and they were trying to figure out what was the best way. But it still wasn't good. It was like a mush mouth thing i don't know (laughs) for whatever reason when i remembered it in my head i thought he had little arms (laughs) 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 but i'm so glad he did (laughs) but also (laughs) ew like a humpty dumpty situation ew yeah (laughs) and i was like oh he doesn't have little arms which i'm grateful for but i don't know why that i remember that so anyways Voldemort goes on this little tirade or whatever and he's like look at what you've reduced me to I'm a little parasite on the back of somebody's head blah 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 Mm -hmm. whatever whatever and Voldemort actually attempts to bargain the stone from Harry in exchange for resurrecting his parents but Harry sees through this trick and refuses so Quirrell attempts to kill Harry but when Harry touches Quirrell's skin it burns him reducing him to ashes that confused me but we get an explanation later yeah. Voldemort's soul rises from the pile of ashes and escapes, knocking Harry out as it passes through him. Yeah. I always remember the scene where he just touches his face and he's just like, <gasps> <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, Voldemort is gone. At this point, we see Harry recovering in the school infirmary. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore comes to visit and tells him that the stone has been destroyed to prevent misuse, which means that Nicholas Flamel will die. And he also tells them oh. that Ron and Hermione are safe. He also reveals how Harry defeated Quirrell. Apparently, only a person who wanted to find the stone and not use it could have it. That confuses me because the mirror typically does not give people things. It just shows them things. So I'm like, okay, how did the stone I appear really in his pocket? understood that. Like, how did it appear in his pocket? So you get the stone, you don't want to use it. So you just don't use it. And so what if you go to use it? Does it disappear? <laughs> like, how does it work? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I think the, when I was reading a summary of the story, it said something about Dumbledore using some type of charm. Oh, to make it do that? Yeah. So I don't know if it was the mirror who gave him the stone or if it was a charm that Dumbledore put in the room or something Mm. because like was mentioned earlier the stone was being protected by like enchantments and spells as well yeah so anyways 
I think that's a little bit of a weird loophole, but apparently when Lily died to save Harry, a love-based protection against Voldemort was placed on him. And that's why Quirrell literally bit the dust. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so this is love potion number nine. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. An interesting concept of like love being the reason why he was able to defeat Quirrell in the moment. But yeah, Harry recovers and it's the end of year school feast. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are rewarded extra house points for their heroism, which ties Gryffindor for first place with Slytherin. And then Dumbledore awards an additional 10 points to their housemate Neville Longbottom for having the courage to stand up to his friends, which gives Gryffindor the house cup. These kids did the Wizarding World a great service. Yeah. (laughs) They bought them some more time because had Voldemort come back when Harry was 11, it was not going to be. No. (laughs) Not going to be good. Yeah. But the school year is over and Harry is given a scrapbook by Hagrid with photos of him and his parents, moving photos. Hagrid encourages Harry to threaten Dudley with magic. And (laughs) Harry (laughs) Harry is going back to live with his abusive family for the summer, happy to find finally have a real home at Hogwarts. I was like, okay, why does he have to go back there? Like, he can't stay at Hogwarts for the summer? Like, what's going on? He can't stay at one of the... Hagrid can't take care of him for the summer? Dumbledore, right. you couldn't stay at someone, someone's house? Like, what? What's going on? <sighs> mm. I feel like the cover of him being with his family, it worked for a long time. But now people know... It it wasn't going to work forever. Right. Because somebody at the post office knows that he lives under the cupboard. (laughs) (laughs) Right. If they attacked him at the Dursley's house, he would probably be, like, especially vulnerable. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a weird... I won't mention that because it's in in another movie. But there's something that's on him. And I I never really understood it. But um, I won't talk about it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. That's the end of the movie, y'all. So at the end of every review, we ask if the show or movie is worth a rewatch and if it holds up today. Arabia, what do you think? Oh, it's definitely worth a rewatch. It's really great. It's still magical and you just get wrapped up in the story. It holds up. Only thing like the CGI stuff isn't great. That like that hasn't held up because we're so much more advanced <laughs> now, <laughs> like 20 something years later. But other than that, the story is still great for kids to get into. Like I still kids now can still get into it and, they, and kids now do still like it. Um, I saw a bunch of them at the Harry Potter experience and they were like, Gryffindor, I want to be a Gryffindor and blah, blah, blah. So it is still pretty current and great for a rewatch. Nice. Well, for me, I definitely think the movie is worth a rewatch. Later on in the series, the movie gets way darker. The movies get way more sinister. So it's nice to see Harry's humble beginnings on like a lighter note. Yes, there is still danger, like dangerous things that happen, but it's not as bad as it gets (laughs) later on. My gosh. So, yes. So it's good to see the lightness Mm -hmm. of this movie. It's really light. The second one remains light, but after that, it's pretty much downhill. Yes. Yes, we go down a dark hole. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this movie does a great job of bringing the magic of the book to life. Mm-hmm. I personally rewatch the series about once a year. Yeah. Usually around Christmas time. But when it comes to the movie holding up today, I will say that I hated most of the CGI. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> I hated most of the CGI and the cartoonish depictions of the troll and the Quidditch and Fluffy and Oogie Boogie. <laughs> and <laughs> It gets better with each movie, though. <laughs> I agree. I agree that it does get better, but this movie in particular, I'm like, oh, God, like it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> 
it's almost like, you know how Space Jam or like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where like half of it is real people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like that. Yeah. But besides those sucky effects, the rest of the story like holds up really strong. The movie really highlights the irresponsibility of the adults in this movie, which I don't think I really thought about until now yeah they hired freaking voldemort they <laughs> yeah. hired voldemort <laughs> <laughs> doing the background checks like who never yes. so how why do you always wear that hat do you ever take it off like what's going on where do, <laughs> who are you where'd you come from it's crazy <laughs> yes among other things like they did a pretty bad job at securing the sorcerer's stone especially hagrid who can't keep a secret <sighs> wrong guy to trust i love him but no he told them yes. literally everything to let them down to find it <laughs> to find it he yes. took him to the bank to get it he told him about the dog how to quiet the dog who's in charge of he what he told a stranger who gave him a dragon egg how to quiet the dog a stranger like Hagrid <laughs> he was like I gotta get that dragon egg I gotta get my hands on that <laughs> like dang they seem to do nothing again like come on now right right they didn't step in when things got dangerous at Quidditch they assigned them to detention in the dark forest which also had Voldemort in it <laughs> they <laughs> Also, his abusive aunt and uncle. Right. Very irresponsible as well. So the adults are ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. The adults are ridiculous in this movie. I feel like after the second movie, as a parent, I'd have been like, I think you came home and told me what happened after the second year. I'd have been like, I don't know about this school. I think we might have to like yes. keep you home or find another one. Because <laughs> this yes. amps up each movie, like the danger. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. But overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I really love the Harry Potter series and it'll always be a big part of my childhood. Um, If you get a chance, I think you should definitely rewatch it. So let's talk about some of the critics. The critics over at Rotten Tomatoes gave it 81% while the audience gave it 82. What do you think of those ratings? Wow, it's really close. I think it's pretty good. You think so? I think it's low. I think it's pretty good for Rotten Tomatoes and the people. I don't know. I feel like... I'd be in the nine, like the nineties for me. I, I, agree. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I would give it a ninety percent because that CGI just. <laughs> that's, <girl>. the, that's <laughs> the only thing, but the story was really good. The story, mm-hmm. yes, the story holds up. Yeah, it's a great first movie to draw you into this magical world and leave you wanting more and like seeing what else is going to happen and other cool magic stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's also like a good marketing tool because, like I said, by the time this movie came out, only the first four books had come out. So if you didn't buy into the hype of Harry Potter books yet, if you saw the movie, it could motivate you to read the books. Yeah, which I think is pretty ingenious. To me, it mm-hmm. had really occurred to me that the movie started coming out before the book series had finished so i think that's uh pretty smart yeah well that is all home slices thanks so much for listening to the harry potter and the sorcerers slash philosopher's stone movie review featuring my sister arabia did you rewatch this movie recently does it still hold up for you does it make you think of christmas share your thoughts with us <laughs> on social media on youtube instagram and facebook we want to hear from you i want to say a super special thanks to arabia for being here today to share her thoughts on this film say bye arabia Bye, guys. See you next time. Well, join us next week when I do an original versus sequel review of Home Alone and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. You don't want to miss it. Peace out. 
Thanks for listening to Sub Media Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Sub Media Reviews and on SubMediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, home slices.